Blog Talk Radio. Roots music for the twenty-first century. Reality music. Wisdom and power of the Rastaman from the island of Jamaica to Hawaii. my mouth uh, and had no business being in me 
Uh, so, yeah, I had to throw up. I didn't want to say that, but uh, we're going to go as far as we can with the program tonight. So without getting into that any further, and let me thank the people who sent me emails uh, and gratitude for the program last night. But I must say uh, what you hear is the consequence of people uh, who have supported me for many years and doing the research, as well as sisters and brothers from Beverly's program, all of you out there, love you madly. Uh, and so without that, I wouldn't be here. That I can I can assure you, I would be not I would not be on the phone talking to you tonight. But be that as it may, again, let me thank everybody who sent me emails, uh, thanking me for the program last night. Um, I enjoyed it as well, and particularly the brother who called in, uh, as well as anyone else who may have wanted to call in but somehow didn't uh, just didn't do it. That's all right. We understand that too. Sometimes the knowledge of self can be a very intimidating thing. Believe me, I've been where you are. So feel free uh, to call in at any point tonight as we continue to go through what I see is some absolutely fascinating information relative to uh, ancient Kemetan science and how that science is being appropriated by the people currently in power to produce synthetic forms of what we know as our historical reality. Uh, CERN being a major proponent of that, okay? And hopefully we'll get into CERN very shortly again unless something else comes up, even though we've already been dealing with the periphery uh, in terms of other events and other situations that align themselves with CERN. I would hope that we'll be able to go directly into CERN on our next program. So I'd like to just pick up where we left off last night in one of the most fascinating articles of all the articles I've had to have the occasion to have read on this particular subject. Uh, When when we stopped last night, uh, we were talking about the eight and its relationship uh, to the eight-spoke wheel of CERN. More importantly, we began to break down that eight into how it it was originally a part of the construct of the ancient Tibetan science, and that uh, from a spiritual standpoint, uh, that eight represents something totally uh, foreign to what most of us know uh, that the eight truly represents. And uh, the last article that we dealt with last night dealing with that was called The Gods of Ancient Egypt, an overview. The hierarchy of the gods, but more importantly, uh, in a sub-topic uh, from that article, uh, it dealt with the original Osirian spiritual pathway and the mystery schools that would be subsequently changed by Akhenaten once he allegedly was sent from the star Sirius to bridge the gap between upper and lower Egypt. And one of the most interesting things that I probably didn't mention yesterday was that prior to Akhenaten, all the rulers of ancient Kemet, ancient Kemet were in fact 
called Kings, and that is why the place where their burial occurred is called the Valley of the Kings, not called the Valley of the Pharaohs, and that Akhenaten is really the first pharaoh. Uh, and I find that quite interesting. And that alludes to uh, the fact that perhaps he's really not indigenous uh, to the ancient Kemetan uh, king and queen structure uh, prior to his ascension to the throne in ancient Kemet. So where we left off with that, and what I really want to do is to go into uh, a further look at this number eight, because in the last two programs that we pointed out, uh, that the sons of Horus uh, were in fact given four females, uh, twins, that bring us to that number eight. And uh, we, we alluded to the fact that that eight occupies the same domain uh, in terms of the four sons of Horus and the twins as the Dogon symbology, okay, which comes out of the mystery school system of ancient Kemet as well. And it's kind of good that Sister Beverly is not here because that will give me the opportunity to kind of go to a couple of books, which I rarely do on the program. <clears throat> but I'm going to go to a couple of books here that I have to kind of further illustrate the the properties of the number eight and what that eight really represents. I've got one article that I'm going to lead off with here, and it's entitled Pert, P-E-R-T, space E-M, space H-R-U, Pert M. Haru, erroneously known as the Book of the Dead. This is from January 23rd, 2008. And the website is from, uh, and I know this has to be African people. I can see, look, out, look at how things are written and determine, for the most part, whether they're written by African people. And this is one of those websites that should be flooded with African people in terms of its content, not just that it's run by African people. But uh, this website is just absolutely uh, Amazing to me, and I, you know, I need to say that because I don't know. I know there's some good websites out there being run by African people, but I've not run across anything uh, uh, in terms of the. Uh, and I'm not saying they aren't there. I'm just saying I haven't run across it. Okay, but the name of this website is uh, tribe.net. Tribe.net. Particular article. Here's what it says relative to the eight. It says, understanding the Arabic letter Nun requires that we look at the Egyptian god Nun and his celestial wife, Nunet, N-U-N-E-T, also known as Nu and Nut, okay? They go on to say, when the Pert M. Saru, or the Book of the Dead, started coming forth by day, piled when the book, when the Pert M. Haru was compiled, Amun was not yet considered an Egyptian god. Amun was brought to Egypt from Ethiopia, Sister Nubian, and that the Amun position was held by Nu. Nu was metaphorically 
an infinite expanse of water. But water, as shown by the wavy lines of New's hieroglyph, meant energy. New was the infinite energy. Polarity, the goddess nut, symbolized infinite matter. So new nut represented undifferentiated energy or matter. They go on to say that undifferentiated pre-Big Bang state of being consisted of eight fundamental characteristics. Listen carefully, family, because you'll see the male-female necessity of the eight. Says new or none uh, is the same as nut, and nunet is the same as kehuit, H-E-H-U-I-T. Ker, K-E-R-H, same as Kerhet, K-E-R-H-E-T, and Keku or Kekui, again, my pronunciation is not that good, but K-E-K-U-I. Kekui is the same as Kekuit, K-E-K-U-I-T. Now, keep in mind now, this is the exact same phenomenon that the four sons of Horus. Uh, illustrated, but it gets much deeper as we go on because what it's, it's going to begin to show you is the relationship of the original four and how now land masses uh, have been used to describe the original four. And so when you hear certain things being done in certain land masses, pay very close attention because. They're talking about the esoteric meaning that we're going to get into here shortly. They're talking about the esoteric meaning of these names and not necessarily the landmass. So they go on to, to say this. They say new or infinite energy paired with nut, which is infinite matter, though few form the basis for the yang and yin polarities in Chinese Taoist philosophy. Hey, who? which is temporal, temporal infinity, paired with he-hut, he, which is spatial infinity. They say ker, K-E-R-H, or darkness, paired with kerket, and keku, which is inertia, paired with kekuit, which is stillness. They say those eight actual deities for, form the spiritual template for all differential phenomena. And then they go on to give you some of the uh, relative associations with the number eight, eight bits in the computer byte, uh, the octave number, uh, eight in the octave number system, the eight brain circuits, eight solar directions, eight eaching, trigrams, eight lunar phases. And then they go on to say this. They say, Oracles are spiritual computers. They say oracles, and again, I know some of you are automatically going to the matrix, okay? Because the the oracle in the matrix was a black woman. They go on here to say oracles are based on eight. They are usually factors of eight. They say the Yiching oracle has 64 or eight times eight. Hexagram. They say the minor arcana of the tarot 
which is structured upon the tree of life. Let me read that again. The minor arcana of the tarot, they're talking about the 22 major cards, which I, we pointed out yesterday, align themselves to the 42 and 2. Oh, oh man. Ooh. The 42 and 2. Oh, I'm losing my train of thought. Let's just say the 22 amino acids or the 42 and 2 chromosomes in the human body, okay? So when they mention the tarot here, of course, the research automatically takes us to that area, which basically uh, um, is basically justifying or adding to what they're already saying. So they say the minor arcana of the tarot, which is structured upon the tree of life, again, the tree of life, has 22 paths, as does the arcana in the tarot, okay? Or, which is 7 times 8, okay, which is 56. They go on to say none or new having eight characteristics is the basis uh, of the oracle. They say an oracle is a spiritual computer which forecasts the probable outcome of any event based upon the present state of one's spirit. They say oracles also provide spiritual procedures or rituals which facilitate or mitigate any probable outcome. Then they go on to say oracles are mentioned in the Bible and the Quran. Skillers system. There was the famous Greek oracle at Delphi. And the Jews used oracles. Are you ready for this, my Hebrew brothers and sisters? The Jews used oracles called Urim and Thummim. Okay? Those are oracles as well. Some see them as shields. Okay? But they are oracles as well. Now, since we open up the process to the number eight, let me go here. Which one should I go to first? Well, let me go back. Let me go back to this article because there's, I think there's something in here I need to highlight before we get to those books. It may be in this article. One of the hardest things uh, that I do, family, is making sure I can recall what's in the article, okay? That's one of the most difficult things. Okay, it's not in that article. It's going to be in one of the upcoming ones, which is good. Uh one of the hardest things I do uh, is to remember what's in each article. And I'm sure you can understand what I'm talking about because sometimes you know, I read so much that it's very difficult to remember what's in what article. So uh, without further ado, I'll go here before I get to the book. In terms of the Dogon symbology, uh, which comes out of the Mystery Schools of Kemet, those eight archetypes, or netters, uh, just as Isis, Osiris, Set, Nephthys, Horus, Thought, Anubis, Hathor, and Nut'ar, the initiation that began with Osiris, which became the template, and that each archetype 
represented, as I said yesterday, a chromosome in Osiris's genetic makeup. And further, that each one of those occupied an aspect of life, as I said yesterday, uh, to be understood, all right, as you attain your enlightenment. And that's extremely important because, you see, we can now see the brilliance on the part of committing science to shield genetics and cosmic phenomena in symbolism so that only the serious people, the truly serious people, could uh, decode the symbolism. The same thing happened in the movie Angels and Demons. I think I mentioned that a couple of uh, shows ago where only Robert Langdon, uh, who was a serious symbologist, could crack the code of the Illuminati symbol. And it's interesting because even the Wheel of Fortune, even the Wheel of Fortune card in the tarot, find a way in committing symbology, okay? Now, I want to go to this article, and then we're going to go to these two books that I have that I've cited from before very sparingly, but I don't think I've done it on this program. Maybe one of them I have, but the other one I haven't. But you can go here, and you're going to see something extremely important, Okay? relative to the tarot and CERN and the eight-spoke wheel. You can go to this article. It's called The Procession of the Equinoxes, The Four Royal Stars, Ezekiel's Vision, and the Swastika. Okay? And you can find that at Kachina, that's with a K, Kachina, K-A-C-H-I-N-A, 2012.wordpress.com. And here's what they say very quickly. Very short little piece in here, but that's all Robert X needs for substantiation in terms of the things that we I just got through reading. Here's what they say here. They say, card X, no pun intended, or 10 of the tarot, when we look at it, we see positions, the four tetramorphs, the four tetramorphs, the, representing the four houses of the horoscope they are positioned in, each house representing one of the four elements, which means what, family? Earth, wind, fire, and water. They say, but in the Zodiac, it's Scorpio, the eagle, Leo, the lion, Taurus, the bull, and Aquarius, the human figure. Now, if you unscramble that, you might recall earlier programs that the Bev and I did that dealt with the Zodiac and the, the Grand Cardinal Cross and how the position that the Grand Cardinal Cross sat in Spelled the word salt, S A L T, 
And so you begin to understand Scorpio, Leo, Taurus, and Aquarius is an anagram for salt, okay? But they go on to say the four tetramorphs are then further associated with the four evangelists in the movie Angels and Demons who will subsequently be kidnapped and killed, branded with one of the, the four elements, earth, wind, fire, and air by the Illuminati. I'll eat your hat and mine. But here they call them the four evangelists. They say, here uh, I represent the four canoptic jars found in the tombs of the pharaohs. And again, the four canoptic jars were basically the, this is where the organs of those who died were stored, but the jars themselves were caricatures symbols of the four sons of Horus. They go on to say uh, these canoptic jars held the organs, and then they say the heart was left in the body. They say the figures on the jars were known as the four sons of Horus. So in that one little paragraph, they speak of the four sons of Horus in the same breath as the four evangelists, in the same breath as the four elements, in the same breath as the, now, what are they talking about, the tetramorph? If you look at the wheel of fortune, the wheel of fortune, the number 10 card in the tarot, is the eight-spoke wheel, where at each 90-degree angle at the 12 o'clock letter is T, the 3 o'clock letter is A, the 6 o'clock letter is R, and the 9 o'clock letter is O, spelling out the word tarot, okay? And next to each one of those Hebrew wording that, and again, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but I think that's Yohibahi. Now, why would that be on the tarot card? I leave it up to your imagination to figure out why. Hebrew would be encoded on the tarot card, particularly on the X card, the 10th card in the deck. So now, oh, I think there's one more. I think there's one more piece in here. Okay, they go on to say in that same article, like the cross, the tetramorph symbolizes a highly complex system of relationships and elements elements which find their their origin in the center. Thus, the tetramorph alludes to the fifth element or quintessence, the element beyond the visible four natural elements of earth, air, water, and fire, to the invisible ether, say the psychological equivalent of the tetramorph, the quaternity, is explored in the writings of the Swiss psychologist slash cultural thief, that's my uh, definition form, Carl Jung. Then they say these four canoptic jars, or the four sons of Horus, or the four tetramorphs, or the four evangelists, were all representations of the four royal stars. 
in the four world stars are Antares and Scorpio, Aldebaran and Taurus, Regulus and Leo, and Fomalhaut in uh, uh, in Pisces. Austrian, I can't even pronounce that word. Just say Aquarius, okay? So now you can see that we're on to something here when we point to the fact that angels and demons was not about the Vatican. It was about the introduction of CERN into your consciousness, okay? And that's why they use Illuminati cover. Illuminati is a white construct, or if you choose, a part of stolen legacy of ancient Kemetan science, spoke of by the illustrious George G.M. James. Okay? So, family, I mean, it's, it's just absolutely amazing uh, the things that we've been able to, with the aid of the ancestors, to uncover in terms of what these things really mean. And I just hope that I'm not losing anyone because those eight, and they didn't talk of it there to any degree, but those eight mean much, much more, okay? They mean much, much more. And I find it quite interesting that they would absolutely confirm what we've been saying that the uh, uh, the Pope's son who killed him in the movie is representing the fifth element. And now here they are in this article saying the same thing. It's the invisible, the hidden, okay? The domain of the goddess Nisa, all right? So we return to the fifth element, the ether, what the white people now are calling the void or the zero point the point at which energy begins, okay? That would be the atom, the atom that gives birth to Shu, which is the sky and male, female and water. And that that trinity, atom, Shu, and Kefna, produce gas, the earth, and not the heavens, and that this force represents the forces of nature, earth, wind, fire, and air, but they're mirrored in the middle. Atom becomes the number five in the Ennead, the nine deities, okay? But he's like the zero card in the tarot, that's both the beginning and the end, okay? He's both the beginning and the end. So let me go here again before I get to the books. What should I just go? Now let me go here. Let me go to this article. It's from uh, that wonderful source that I quoted from yesterday, Weird Web. Uh, what's this title? I don't see the title on it. Uh, just go to Weird Web. Constable Research, why is there not a title on here? Because I'm getting ready to, we are really getting ready to open up some stuff here now that you're going to find extremely, extremely interesting. Uh, just go to Const Weird Web, and all I see is Constable Research, B, 
as in boy, dot V as in Victor. So the article should come up from that, okay? But here's what they say here. They say the most important concept of Heliopolis was the Ennead, the Pesetgen, that's uh, Egyptian, meaning denying. They say the Ennead consists of a grouping of nine deities within the context of Egyptian mythology. The group consisted of Adam, the first god, his children Shu and Tefnut, and their descendants Geb, Nut, Osiris, Isis, Set, and Nephthys. They say the Ennead is illustrated in the pyramid text, the oldest religious text on earth. Let me say that again. It's the oldest religious say if we close if we look closely at the Ennead, it contains a very old pattern. Now, listen to me, family, because we're talking about the very makeup of the atom here. They say the ad, atom, A-T-U-M, is a bisexual self-creating entity associated with the primal void. The atom is a bisexual self-creating entity associated with the primal void. Atom creates two children called Shu and Tefnut. Shu was male and associated with Gaia, as I just got through illustrating. And Tefnut, uh, water, was the first mother associated with the flow of time. Adam, Shu, and Tefnut are the trinity. <clears throat> uh, father, mother, and Holy Ghost, okay, in the terminology of the current physics, is uh, stream, which is space, energy, which is time, and the singularity. This is how brilliant your people were, family. All right? All these people have the names to confuse you. They go on to say, the Trinity produces two children called Geb, Earth, and Nut, Heaven. It's very clear that Chu, Chestnut, Geb, and Nut are the four elements of nature. They're constructed by combining Chestnut, which is female yin, and Geb, which is male yang, in four different ways. They are constructed by combining chestnut, which is female and yin, and gab, which is male, yang, in four different ways. That gives you the eight. And what they're talking about originally with Atom, <coughs> two children, Shu and Tefnut, are proton, neutron, and electron. That's what they're talking about here, okay? Now, watch now. They're going to say, <clears throat> the next step in the process of creation, oh, I didn't finish that last part. Let me go back here. They're constructed by combining chestnut, female yin, and gab, male yang, in four different ways. Yin, yin, chestnut, and desire. Yang, yang, shoe, and control, yang yin, nut, and spirit, and imagination, and yin yang, yin yang, or gab, soul, or emotion. 
Now, I know some of the family out sitting out there wondering, what are they talking about here? Well, if you take a look at everything that they just described, talking about processes having to do with psychology, because your people are at the apex, the very beginning of what we know today as psychology, okay? And how you must be able to understand these things because there are people who are using this, who sit at the apex of psychology and psychiatry today, who are the enemies of all mankind, okay? Who, who basically are running the synagogue of Satan. They go on here to say the next step in the process of creation is the eighth. They say the eighth or the octaves are related to the eight chakras with the seven plus one, the one being the octum, because when you get beyond the seven chakras, now you at the God force, okay, which they call octum, okay? And you also get to the seven parallel universes or heavens. They say the meaning of the four elements are concept or the concept stays the same. Some cultures use five elements. If this happens, the fifth element is always the center of the four elements. Always the center of the four elements. They say the four elements are always used to explain the four forces of physical nature. And then they just knock my socks off. They said the fifth element is called the ether. <clears throat> the ether is now called the zero-point energy. That's what they say. They say the elements were used in medicine. They're called the four humors. And it's still used in psychology. And then in parenthesis, they have the archetype of Jung, called Jung terminology of current science, the elements are called the four forces of nature, the strong force, the weak force, gravity, and electromagnetism. Then they go on to point out that the old Egyptian scientists believed in one principle that was active on every level. Uh, they say the process, the pro, which is called the process of unfolding. In current terminology, the old scientists believe in a fractal or a self-referencing universe. And that's what the current physics are talking about today, that basically people and everything else in our reality are fract particles of light which exist within a holographic spectrum that we all, for all practical purposes, what they say in families, we're light beings. And that reality is based on our perception of light that comes in through our eye that for all practical purposes manipulates the brain to give us what we see as our reality. But then they go on to say the old scientists of Egypt used a theory of everything and that physicists are using the old theory, they're talking about the physicists today, for their inspiration. They go on to say this, the ninefold pattern appears at the same time as the pyramid text, that's around 2500 B.C., in China, and is represented by the magic square. They say the magic square was given by a turtle, which is symbolic of Orion. 
symbolic of Orion before the great deluge to a Chinese emperor. And this was given to a Chinese emperor named Lo Chi. Lo Chi. And they're going to say Chi is the Chinese name for the force of life. And they say, they say the legend of Lo Chi came from the magical land. Are you ready for this, my Moorish brothers? Are you ready for this, my Moorish brothers? Lo Chi came from the magical land of Mu, the predecessor of the lost continent of Atlantis. They go on this, and I'm getting everybody here to show you that, yes, you can aspire to be all of that, but they're telling you that all of that has an origin in ancient Kemetan science, with all due respect, okay? Then they go on to say, the name of the magical square is Shu, just like the Egyptian deity of control and order. The so-called low Shu square represents a control cycle called the shame cycle, and that the basic pattern of all the old sciences, that, that, that it's the basic pattern of all the old sciences in China. It's also a generator of magical tone, tools of creation, of mood. Then they say, Kefnut, the female principle, was represented in China by the game board. Now, if you really want to see something really fascinating, family, look at the representation of the game board that we know as chess and the number of squares and the number of pieces on the chess board. And I won't go into it uh, right now, but let's just say we'll put that on hold uh, for, a, for further discussion. <clears throat> Because it's absolutely fascinating, but it's also absolutely African. And that doesn't matter if you call yourself Hebrew, Christian, or more, okay? It's all a common thing. It's only variations that keep us apart from each other. Then they go on here to say, uh, uh, what oh, Kefnut. The female principal was represented by in China by the game board. Uh, she represents coincidence, luck, and chaos, the opposite of order, because the Chinese believe that the interference of the circle of Shu, square of chestnut, created synergy. Are you ready for this, family? Because we use this term all the time, this synergetic term, and it's called wu-wee. Woo-wee. Okay? They say a wise person only acts at the right time and at the right place. This special moment appears when time and space, shoe and chestnut, control and desire, are in perfect balance. My eye. They say the sum of the magical quadrant, I'll skip that because that's too confusing. Uh, you can pull up the article 8-9 because the first four, the four sons of Horus, <clears throat> with uh, Atom in the middle being number five. So then they're telling you the last four children, the number six, seven, eight, and nine, are mirrors of the four elements. 
those are the females that are mirrors of the male in the process called mitosis, the cell division in the human body. So let me go here to Dogon symbology. Are you back with me, Sister Bell? Okay, well, we're going to go on. I hope you're following me, family. Because now we're gonna. I'm go. here. I'm here. Uh, I'm here, Robert X. I'm just listening. Excellent, excellent. Now we're gonna go to Lab Scranton's book, "The Cosmological Origin of the Myth and Symbol from the Dogon and Ancient Kemet or Ancient Egypt to India, Tibet, and China." That the cosmological origins of myth and symbol. Okay, by Laird. L-A-I-R-D, Scranton, S-C-R-A-N-T-O-N. Now watch this, family, to show you how this stuff works. Guess what chapter it is, Sister Bell? Guess what what? Guess what chapter I'm getting ready to quote from. What chapter? I hope it's not Revelation. No, no, this is in this book I'm reading. Oh, you're talking about, what was, did you tell us the name of the book? Because I didn't catch all of the show. Okay, I just mentioned this called The Cosmological Origins of Myth and Symbol. Because okay. we, just got through, we just got through pointing out that uh, uh, the uh, four sons of Horus are mirrored, the numbers 6789, and that they're mirrors of the four elements, which are the four sons of Horus, and that you got Atom in the middle, okay? Uh, and if you check it out, they go on to point out that they, that they are mirrors because the sum of two children is ten. If we go back with that X, okay? The sum of any two children, meaning the first four, and the last four are ten. Let me show you what I mean. If you uh, uh, add uh, in the down cycle, that's the, uh, equal to ten. Seven and three also equals ten. Eight and two equals ten. And nine and one equals ten. Okay? So that shows you the comp- Comparable relationship between the first four and the last four, with Atom in the middle, governing the males and females on both sides of him. That's the atomic structure with the neutron governing the sexual orientation. Because remember, they said the Atom was bisexual, meaning it's both male and female. And I'm saying at the same time, it's neither male nor female. Okay? But it Wait a minute. the uh, it, of the fetus. Go ahead, Sister Bell. Is it, the, is it a difference between the atom and the neutron, or are they both the same? No. The, the atom, the neutron, is contained in the atom. Okay. You follow so me? So that's the male and the female. So let me put it like this. One, two, three, four. Those are males. Number five is a homorphodite. Okay. Six, seven, eight, nine are females. Now, one and nine want to get together, right? So let's just say 
one, two, three, four are protons. Those are the males. Five is a morphodite. Six, seven, eight, nine are the females. Gotcha. But they all have the same sum when you add up their twins. Nine at the very end, when you add them up to the very beginning of one, two, three, four, nine and one is ten. Eight and two, which are the next pair, are ten. Because remember, in the Dogon symbology, they talked about those pairs, yeah. and they said it was four pairs. <laughs> now, so I hope that kind of explains it at the that is level. Right. Excellent. Because now we're talking about the processes that work inside the atom itself, which consists of protons, neutrons, and electrons. But again, they hid it in the symbology because only certain initiates were supposed to really understand this stuff, all right? Now, you can imagine ancient people who had no medicine that we think of today, yet they're breaking down quantum physics in the process of birth like they came here understanding these things. How does that happen? And then aligning those processes with the stars because they didn't see themselves separate from the universe. And they're absolutely correct. Okay? Only the people today see the universe as some form. Okay? But I'm going to say it again. Why do you think everywhere they go here these days, they find finding ancient African artifacts on all these other planets? Wait till they start unraveling Pluto. This is the last planet that they can ready to unravel right now. They've already gone to the other eight. And they ain't finding the Big Ben, the, the clock in London. They ain't finding no white artifacts in terms of European history. They find an ancient African artifact. Because not only were your people uh, international in terms of traveling the planet and spreading the information to other cultures, i.e. the Maya, the Inca, the, the Asians, et cetera, et cetera. But your people were intergalactic based on their association, not just with the uh, system of Orion, the Orion star system, to galactic travelers in the universe. That's the important thing to understand. So now, I just happen to want to to associate what Lance Cranston said in his book with the stuff that I just got through dealing with in terms of that number eight. And lo and behold, you have to go to chapter eight in his book. <laughs> the synchronicity is unbelievable, okay? In chapter eight, <clears throat> let me get a drink of my tea here, family. Uh, I hope, uh, are you still with me, Bear? Yes, I'm here. Are, are, are you following me in terms of the understanding? Yes, yes, I am. Excellent, excellent. Now that I'm stationary, I can really comprehend. I love it. I love it. So this is a little lengthy, but it's not, okay, because I'm going to take uh, 10 pages and condense it into maybe one, one and a half. But this is very important, family. Here's what Lance Scranton says in his book, uh, 
chapter 8, which is titled The Elemental Deities. <laughs> the elements were the deities. <laughs> but now, the Christian African people will tell you that this is demonology. No. This is brilliance beyond belief. And the problem with people with religious dogma is that when they run into anything that challenges their belief system, they begin to call it names because they don't understand how these people knew, okay? But they over there digging like hell trying to find out. <laughs> Here's what they say here, family. They say the concept of elemental deity, the eight primary ancestor gods, uh, were likely counterparts to the Egyptian Ennead or Agdo. Uh They say, however, events relating to the emergence of these deities in ancient Egyptian mythology often occur in, in direct parallel to those in Dogon mythology. They say the concept of a deity seems to be intimately related to the egg in a ball shape and to the aligned spiritual shrine, the granary or stupa. The Inuit gods to the Ra or Atom who created shoe, air, and chestnut moisture. Their children gave earth and nut sky and their progeny Osiris, Isis, Seth, and Nephthys. In some cases, Horus and Thoth were added to these, which sometimes resulted in nine gods and goddesses. Atum, whose initial failed attempt at conception is compared in Egyptian mythology to a masturbatory uh, act, that's where you get the mythology of masturbating on the uh, lotus flower, which is uh, uh, symbolic of the process of birth, but some people take it literally, and as you're supposed to, if you haven't done the research to understand what they're talking about, okay? Uh, but they say, <clears throat> compared in Egyptian mythology to a masturbatory act, plays a role compar comparable to Amma in Dogon cosmology, whose initial attempt to fertilize the earth is also described as incestuous or masturbatory. They say these support a view of Dogon cosmology as a, as a likely earlier or alternate form of the Egyptian cosmology. No, it's the same, okay? It's the same. They go on to say primary focus of Dogon cosmology is to define the attributes and actions of Amma who is instrumental in catalyzing the formation of the universe and matter. They say Amma is dual in nature, but can be interpreted in more than one way. Amma is described as having both male and female aspects. And so we already know, family, that Amma is Atom. <laughs> okay? It ain't a gimmick. Same thing, different name. Because they had to hide it and running away from invaders who would persecute them based on their religious beliefs. And there's not a, 
a, a group of people on this planet who living on the side of mountains that Obama tried to bomb in Mali that I respect more than the Dogon to run, to maintain this history per their instructions by the ancestors and don't change it for anybody under any circumstances, and they haven't. And so we got this 5,000-year chronicle of history that predates Christianity, never heard of 5,000 years ago. Islam, baby of the three, of course, never heard of. And Judaism. And, of course, that's the first uh, in terms of the thievery of ancient Kemetic sciences, all right? They go on there to say, Amma is housed in the central egg of the egg and a ball figure, utilized by uh, Dogon priests as consisting of four clavicles. Now, Sister Bear, you recall we talked about the four clavicles of Amma? Well, if you don't, yeah. that's all right. Anybody can go back in the archives when we dealt with the Dogon uh, and, and understand the nature of the four clavicles. They say the four arcs that compose the central egg. They're talking about earth, <laughs> wind, fire, and water, okay? The four clavicles. Now they're really mimicking <clears throat> ancient combatant science in terms of the four sons of Horus. <clears throat> now they go on to say the, the, uh, the four arcs that compose the central egg interpreted as precursors of the four elements. <laughs> Water, fire, wind, and earth. They say the Dogon priests describe these arcs as appearing, quote, as if welded together, unquote. Now, notice, family, and I'm interspersing here for a reason, that they refer to them as arcs, arcs. And we told you the relationship between arc and arch and angle as opposed to angel is no small coincidence and that they're actually talking about times based on the zodiac at which the sun gives off certain rays because it sits at certain angles in the cosmos. <laughs> that they, your people then went about chronicling in what we know today as a calendar, okay? They're going to say these clavicles border on the four largest egg and a ball figure is divided, which is said to house those four same primordial elements. They said the name Amma is defined in terms of the Egyptian prefix am, which means knowledge. I am that I am. I think I heard that somewhere. Hmm. Then they go on to say Amma is conceived of the initial God sign. I'm sorry, you just going to say something, Sister Bear? No, that was the foul move. I'm oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Now, now, the Amma. That that is you say that represents knowledge. Is that spelled A M A L M A or is it spelled another way? A M M A. Oh, A M M A. I got you. Okay. Right. Okay. <clears throat> so they go on to say, and keep in mind now that's autumn, but we talking Dogon. This is Dogon history, but I'm showing you the relationship and the family 
between Dogon history and ancient Kemetan history, and that they were one and the same, the difference is ancient Kemetan history and science is written in the Pyramid Codex, okay, uh, on the walls, in the buildings, on the structures all over ancient Kemet, okay, as opposed to Dogon, who was subsequently had to write theirs down, or as opposed to the gypsies, who use theirs in card form that we now know as the tarot. It's all the same history from the conquerors, okay? So they say Amma is conceived of, in the, of the, is conceived of as the initial guide sign or eye sign, uh, the first two of the 266 primordial seeds or signs of creation. They say the master sign that populates the outer ball of the Dogon egg in a, uh, egg in a ball uh, represents the eight ancestors of Dogon mythology. These correlate, these correlate, these correlate to the eight paired Ogdo or Inuit deities in ancient find as having emerged as pair opposites. Then they go on to name the, the mention this thief, Wallace Budge, and I'm going to tell the family, anything you see from Wallace Budge uh, written in, on ancient Kemet, check it 10 times, and then check it at 11, okay? Because he's one of the earlier thieves of ancient Kemetan science, okay? But they say Budge defined the Egyptian god Amun in terms of these eight elemental deities and called him, quote, the grandfather of the eight deities. So he's right here, as we've been saying, okay, in reading from the other articles. They say this mirrors Dogon ancestors as represented by the egg and a ball figure. Amma and the ancestors are conceived as being two ancestral stages removed from another, removed one from another. Then they go on to say, that the word Kim, this is later, that the word Kim is the name of the God of procreative and generative power. The name of the God of procreative and generative power. Kim, K-H-E-M, was an ancient name by which Egypt itself was known. The word Kim forms the phonetic root of the title Kimenu, K-H-E-M-E-N-U. But inbred in that word is new and men, okay, as well as Kim. Oh, it's just, anyway, they're going to say uh, the word Kim forms the phonetic root of the title Kimenu, uh, the eight Elemental deity, company of Thoth. So now Thoth takes the place of Amun, and don't get it. Several of the deities at the head, uh, based on who's writing the story. Okay, so now Thoth becomes the fifth element. Okay, which is fine with me. Thoth, Akim, because remember now, Thoth is considered like Enoch who is described of Anu, scribe of God, according to the Hebrews. That's the role that Enoch plays. 
in ancient committing science is Thoth. He's described. He's the one that brings the message from heaven. Now, the symbology of that is thought, okay, in terms of the sexual act beginning in your head, which is heaven, and then flowing down, okay? But if the thought ain't there, the act doesn't occur, okay? Just adding some stuff to this because I love brilliance. You don't have to worship any other people, okay? They got your stuff using it. They go on here to say, in Dogon cosmology, Amma plays the role of the hidden creator God. His first act, the fertilization of an egg, or the perception, this is quantum physics, or the perception of a massless wave is accomplished by himself so it violates a principle of duality that defines the universe. They say it is thereby equated with masturbation because they can't figure it out how the one creates the two. They say it's thereby equated with masturbation, a sexual act that involves only one partner. One product of this impure act is the jackal uh, in both Dogon and Egyptian cosmology it represents disorder. So chaos is introduced into the perfectly well-ordered system of massless ways. Now, remember in Dogon uh, symbology, that would be the dog Ogo. That would be the dog Ogo, the jackal. In ancient Kemetan symbology, that would be Seth. Same story, different character. Theology, that would be Satan, okay? But, of course, now what's used to describe the, the uh, process of creation is now made into a red man with horns, okay? Because everything that they teach you has to revolve around you fearing both God and Satan, right? You worship him, but you fear him. Why? Doesn't make sense. Until you get into the origin of where it came from, which is where we are now. And then you begin to see how they took these processes and changed them into figures, none of whom can be found anywhere, okay, on the planet. All right? None of them. Period. <clears throat> Let me go on here. They say, uh, blah, 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 blah. They say, uh, uh, in both Dogon and Egyptian cosmology, uh, cosmology disorder or chaos, is introduced into the perfectly well or the system of massless, massless waves. They say the Egyptian word for the jackal is <clears throat> ashe. The Egyptian word for jackal is ashe. A A S H A. It's also applied to the Egyptian god of destruction, Set. Another Egyptian word for jackal. It's ow, ow, ow. <laughs> I'm serious. A U A U. Another Egyptian word for the jackal is ow, ow. Like ashe, it also means to cry out. The word ow, ow, 
represents the sound the dog makes when it opens its mouth in the shape of a Zan sign. <laughs> What's up, dog? <laughs> they say the Dogon priests tell us that the jackal has a counter is the counterpart to the Egyptian god Anubis, and is symbolic of the difficulties of the creator god Amma. They say the ultimate efficacy of this new order is determined yet is determined by yet another canine, the Egyptian god Saab, judge between good and evil. They say uh, it correlates to the Dogon pale fox, who acts as a judge between truth and error. They say it is stated in important Egyptian text that the great Egyptian mother goddess Neith gave birth to these gods and goddesses, often referred to as netters. Yet, Neith played no outward role in the events that surround their emergence within the context of the Ennead or the Agdo. They say if these events symbolically describe the fertilization of an egg, if these events symbolically describe the fertilization of an egg and the growth of an embryo, we realize these events must transpire inside a womb. Hmm. This can only be the womb of a mother goddess such as Neith, who in Egypt is regarded as the mother of the numberless deities, uh, the netters, uh, and as, a, uh, as the weaver of matter. The weaver of matter. And I know the Hebrew brothers and sisters will note the use of the word thread, thread, quite often in uh, uh, Hebrew doctrine. And what they're talking about is the mother goddess Neith who weaves matter into existence. That's why they use the word thread, okay? They say Neith would appear as an essential player in the Ennead though not specifically credited as the owner of the symbolic wound that is the egg and the ball, she remains too large to fit in the picture because she is, in fact, the ether, that which exists all around us in the cosmos and within us in terms of the 97% of what the white people term junk DNA that's waiting for instruction that some of the family is getting part of tonight, which is automatically going to change who you are tomorrow. Because we weave and matter here based on our understanding of the goddess Neat, this black woman. They say hereafter, from a biological perspective, events of the cosmology occur in pairs as the sales of a fertilized egg do when they de- begin to divide. That's called mitosis. These events begin with the formation of the Axis Mundi, whose cardinal lines first bisect, then bisect again in the, in the egg and the ball, 
to produce four segments that symbolize the primordial elements of water, fire, wind, and earth, and prefigure the formation of matter. Eight masters, uh, eight master signs of the Dogon emerge in pairs. The last of these culminate in the formation of earth and sky, symbolizing Egypt by Jeb and Nut. We interpret these events to represent the formation of mass and space. The initial division of the fertilized egg corresponds to the drawing up of a wave during the formation of matter. So they're moving straight out of the processes of biology and going straight into quantum physics because that's what your people did. And if they didn't do it, the white people wouldn't be interpreting it that way. You ain't got no business falling up behind anybody's system of relevance calling yourself Democrats and Republicans like somehow that represents you. You greater than that, much greater than that. And you ought to be ashamed for chasing these people who stole your history and want to make you a mysterious people. I got to stop there, Sister Bear, for one second because I'm, you know. See, that's why sometimes I, you know. Uh, Can you uh, name that book one more time for me? Yes, I know I know the family gonna want to get this one, okay? Uh it's called The Cosmological Origins of Myth and Symbol. Okay. But let me tell the and it's by Lair Scranton, L A I R D S C R A N T O N. And family, don't you dare go and get this book and take it at face value without doing further research on your own. And I prefer you do it before you read the book, because that's what I normally do. I'll do my own research and then send for books after I've done my own and compare what i found based on the goddess Nisa assisting me in the ether, because she ain't going to send me nowhere I ain't supposed to go, okay, which is inside. All right, family? So uh, these are white people. I'm not saying his his research is inaccurate, all right? All I'm saying is be cautious. That's all I'm saying. Be cautious, all right? So you can see, and I'm going to start that right there because I got other stuff that's going to absolutely blow the family's mind. Let's go here. Oh, no. Can we handle Oh, yeah, we can handle it. How much time we got, Sister Uh, We have... um, 42 minutes. Okay, good, good. And family, if you want to call in, get your, get your calls in. We're going to this white boy book, and again, we use it, but uh, we give it the weight that it deserves. And this is from Pi, The Great Work. Pi, The Great Work by Marty Lees. Marty, M-A-R-T-Y, Lees, L-E-E-D-S. Good work in here, okay? But again, it's all talking about things that your people talked about thousands of years ago. He's just basically giving confirmation to saying, here's what he says here. Now, we got two pages, family. Page 17 deals with the Egyptian eye of Horus mythology, okay? And page 18 deals with mitosis, and at the bottom of the page, uh, it goes into the primordial scission. 
the cracking of our primordial egg. All right? Now, here's what it says on 18. Let's do 18 first because <clears throat> that's the number nine. <laughs> and then from 18, we go to 17, which is the number eight, <laughs> which deals with the Indian and the Ogdos. So you tell me this ain't in some kind of order. Here's what they say here for mitosis. They say, mitosis is the process of cell division throughout an impregnated woman's gestation cycle. The process starts when a man's sperm cracks the woman's egg. The initial egg separates, creating two identical sets and two nuclei. A doubling pattern commences to eventually form a newborn child in the womb. A man and a woman, through reconciliation, <clears throat> come together to become one. One sperm finds one egg, and that egg becomes two. Two becomes four. Four becomes eight. Eight becomes 16. 16 becomes 32. And eventually, after nine months, the mother gives birth to one. And that one is you. So let's look at it again. Let's look at these numbers here that we got here. What we got? We got the one. Then we got two. Then we got four. Then we get eight. From eight, we get 16. We doubling every time. And then from 632, and I'm going to take it one step farther. From 32, we get 64. Let's stop there. Okay, now for sake of time and effort. So now, uh, I hope family wrote those numbers down, because now let's go back to page 17 under the Egyptian Eye of Horus mythology. Okay? And it says here, the Eye of Horus was originally whole, but one day it cracked, and it spread its fractions across the sands of time. The Eye of Horus myth goes generally like this. You got Set, Horus' uncle and rival, one day tore Horus' eye out. Set contended with Horus for the Egyptian throne after he had killed and dismembered his father, Osiris. Uh, Thoth put the eye back in order and restored it. When Thoth retrieved and pierced the, and pieced the eye back together, he was missing one sixty-fourth of the eye. The one sixty-fourth was withheld by magic. They say the entire myth is based on halving, halving. In other words, cutting things in half. They say the eye of Horus was fractured. <clears throat> so they go on to say this: half of one equals one half. Half of one half equals one fourth. Half of one fourth equals one eighth. Half of one eighth equals one sixteenth. And half of one sixteenth is one thirty second. And half of one thirty second is one. Now you see a pattern there? The same numbers in terms of the division and mitosis also occur within the construct of light in the eye of Horus, sending light to the various organs in the body based on need. 
And when I read that, all I could say was, wow. That ain't in the book family. That come from the research. Wow. They had to be brilliant. They had to have been to equate light going to various parts of the the organ and your eye determining that. And that eye also playing a major role in the process of birth, okay, which is the eye of Haru, which is now in the cosmos going through the process of being reborn. You Christians call it the second coming. If you're looking for a person and you ain't looking within, I hope you got the time. Because he ain't coming if you ain't coming. Okay, family? So now, that's, I hope everybody understood what I just read to you. Because, I mean, you're just not, you're not going to find this in too many other places. I can't find it in too many other places. But it's just so mind-blowing that, I mean, sometimes I have to, you know, check myself to see if I know what the hell it is that these people are saying, okay? I have to check myself. Other people don't have to check me. So I'll go sometimes and triple-check stuff, all right? Because sometimes that's what's required. So... As you can see, uh, when we talk about things like the the tower, and the idiot, and these things having to do with birth and rebirth, and now somebody wants to give you a facsimile of them, and you accept it without questioning it, and then it tells you to fear it above all else, I'll just go back to that last article that I dealt with, Dealing with low chew and it's entitled the Constable Research B dot V, and I'll close this article out by reading this little part. <clears throat> Says here, uh, the ninefold pattern of low chew is also the basic pattern behind the labyrinth grid. But wait, let me go back. Let me go up a little further. They say the four children are responsible for the past and death and reincarnation. Seth represents destruction and death. Nephthys is associated with mourning and funerary rites. Now watch this, family. Isis is the queen of magic. She restores the 42 parts. (laughs) And you know what she's talking about, right? The chromosomes in the human body. Absent. The two sex chromosomes, which are symbolic of the obelisk, which is why it's left out in this particular narrative. So they go on to say she restores the 42 parts of Osiris. Osiris, the good shepherd, represents the nine, the end of the cycle, the resurrection. The ninefold pattern of low shoe is also the basic pattern behind the labyrinth and the earth grid. The first four deities represent the four elements or the four forces, four forces within the with the void in the middle. 
The last four children of Adam are unknown. They are related to the underworld, where souls exist when they are reincarnated. They said current physics is unable to explain dark matter. A huge amount of matter in our universe is affecting gravity, but invisible. An explanation is the, the existence of the seven-mirror universe. Seven plus one equals the atom or the one. Then they say this, family, the four forces of the underworld could be associated with our mirrors. The invisible mirror uh, universe is the place where the souls exist in the period of regeneration. They're able to communicate through the void of atom. Remember now, that's the ether, the fifth element. A wormhole is what they say within our universe. Told you that the ether has little wormholes all through it where the ancestors will assist you based on your vibratory level. They will send you the information that you need based on what level you vibrate on. They're confirming it right here. Well, not the part about the ancestors assisting you. I'm telling you that that's what's happening, okay? But they go on here to say, uh, let me read that last piece again. They are able to communicate through the void of atom, a wormhole with our universe. The ninefold pattern is about the enfolding of the primal void into the many levels, 42 of the material world. The pattern also describes a way back. The first trinity was a union of the opposite with the void in the middle. That's proton, neutron, and electron. The bisexual in the middle, forth into the void. The human opposite, mind and body, have to be united again in the heart. The next step is to unite the opposites in the material world. A way back? A wormhole? The tar worm? Maybe, family, the notion of ascended masters and CERN's attempt to bring them back adds to the premise of Jupiter Ascendant. Well, that movie revolves around the progeny of an, of an Anunnaki queen who is murdered, right, and uh, by one of her children, and that subsequent to her murder, genetic mutants are hired by the immortals to come to Earth to kidnap Jupiter unbeknownst to even each other in terms of these hired kidnappers. Their, their names are Cain and Stinger. Cain is part dog. He's a mutant, okay, hybrid. And Stinger is part beast. But both are really Nephilim fallen angels who lost their wings and they're trying to get them back. So Cain, part dog Nephilim, wants to create a litter with the little white girl, the 98-pound white woman. You're going to see this 98-pound white woman manifested over and over in the movies because that's part of LGBT, okay, to create this false analysis that women are just as strong as men. 
Mentally, perhaps. Physically, I don't think so. Okay? That's just the way we are made, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Okay? Then, but they also, I'm talking about the Nephilims, did further genetic experiments that infected the gene pool. And when they did that, that's what facilitated the great flood and the mythology of Noah, along with Saturn, represents a battle between darkness and light, Osiris and Set, Cain and Abel. You also in that movie got the reptilians, who are the military wings, controlled by uh, one of the uh, immortals named Balaam, 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 Balaam. But their overall uh, 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 names are the Abraxas, which is origin in ancient Kemet, Abraxas. Then you got the Anunnaki, because that's what they are. They are the Nordic branch of the Anunnaki. Okay, these three immortals, the tall whites, okay, but they're trying to make them out to be Sumerian gods, the gods that, according to this 4,000-year-old clay tablet found in the rock, with tales of aliens breeding with earth women, okay, family? That's what they're doing here. And one of the more interesting associations, to Abraxas, and when you look it up, family, you're going to agree with me, is its comedic origin. But what's interesting is the Baphomet, or the father, Imhotep, is now the arbiter of the dark side. Now the arbiter of the dark side. And for those of you who don't know, if you look at the word Baphomet, which comes straight out of Masonic uh, history, has nothing to do with ancient Kemet, okay, except for the scrambling of the meaning of the word, and that now this Baphomet, which is both male and female, which is pointing up and down, denoting uh, as above, so below, which has horns on his head, which if you study the history of the horns, you get a totally different meaning in terms of what this demonic culture that you live in is telling you, okay, in that whole thing. But when you take a look at the word and the way the Masons used it, uh, and I, that's that I got, we'll get to it at the next setting, okay, because uh, I'm not sure how much time we got left and if I'll get to that part. But when we bring it back up, I want you to understand that the Baphomet, Bah, Another word for Ba in Hebrew is father, okay? So you take that piece off of the word Baphomet, and now you look at the last letters you got left, P-H-O-M-E-T. And so you take that those words and you say M-H-O-T-E-P. You have is the father, M-Hotep who's now been turned into Darth Vader, the precept to the dark side. Go ahead, Queen. 
I also heard that the bassinet is also the the wound, the woman's wound. That is correct. As, as okay. you and I discussed in one of the earlier programs last year, you can go back to around, I think, August, September, somewhere in there, where we went over this whole thing. And, and see, you see, as my brother Malik in Detroit pointed out to me, that just recently they've announced that they're getting ready to bring this huge Baphomet statue to New York. That's no, they was gonna they were gonna bring it here to uh, a black guy and it has a nightclub Bert and the preachers all got together, got on T V and stopped it. Yeah, but see, Sister Bear, at an even more uh uh uh, basic understanding in terms of the research of what's going on, that's a symbol of the new movement that's being led by LGBT. But they don't get that. Now, how can you subscribe to LGBT and now tell me that's a part of the Christ God construct, because that's what they're saying now, because they religious master, I mean, a political master told them to. They didn't do it uh, 2008, prior to 2008. It was demonology. But because they are political prostitutes, another word for a political prostitute is a bastard. Okay? They're political prostitutes who do whatever the political thing tells them to do. Otherwise, they get their 501c3 snatched. So how can you be against a statue, but you for the people that it represents? Easy. They reside in the world of ignorance and have no clue. No. They have no clue. All they want to do is make sure that they can maintain that 501c3 because otherwise the government says you ain't a legitimate religion. Think about that, family. You need the government to tell you whether what you believe is legitimate or not. Anyway, one of the most important things in that movie uh, is the fact that the elite, and I want you to relate this to the Catholic Church, because you can't talk about Freemasonry and not talk about the Catholic Church. Freemasonry was given birth to. Uh, the Knights Templars were given birth to out of Catholicism. And that's where the Baphomet comes from. Okay? Uh, so when we talk about this elite, these um, uh, immortals uh, in Jupiter ascending, what we're really talking about here is the Catholic Church because in the movie, drinking the blood of the inhabitants of Earth, which is really why they want to gain control of the planet, and that process produces a substance called Regenex, okay, or Regenix, Regenix. Uh, uh, and so what they're doing is they're harvesting humans or they're harvesting the humans feed us. They're harvesting the human feed us. That's why they call it that. 
That's why they call it a fetus. Mm. Because inside the church, based on ninth circle and the elite circles that uh, that accompanies that thing, that's exactly what they do. To feed us. And for those of you who want to get some absolutely outstanding articles on Jupiter Ascending, you can go and get this article entitled The Esoteric and Extraterrestrial Meaning of Jupiter Ascending. The Esoteric and Extraterrestrial Meaning of Jupiter Ascending. You'll find that at Deuce, D-E-U-S, Nexus, N-E-X-U-S, all one word, dot wordpress.com. I'm not going to cite the article because I've talked about it enough over the last two programs to where there's nothing in there they're going to tell you that I haven't already told you, okay? But you, if you need to, to document the things that you're saying, go get the article. Another one is, is called Jupiter Ascending or Lucifer Rising a film promoting the Illuminati false gospel. And this one is from beginningandend.com, uh, beginningandend.com. Another very good article is entitled Jupiter Ascending and the Harvesting of Humans During Ascension. Is this movie telling us the truth in plain sight? Let me read that title again. Jupiter Ascending and the Harvesting of Humans During Ascension. Is this movie telling us the truth in plain sight? You'll find that at the Event Chronicle, theeventchronicle.com. And the reason that I didn't uh, cite from those articles, which is what I would normally do, it's because, and I know we're probably running out of time, but I at least want to start one article here. How much time we got left, Sister Bell? 18 minutes. Okay, good. And anybody want to call in, get your calls ready. I'm going to only have time for one of these articles, and you can call in because they're, they're too long and extensive, even though they're short. And when we pick back up, I'm going to tell you where to go now to get these articles. Go get them and read them based on what I've already told you. And you'll be uh, with me as we head into the next part of this series, okay? And the call-in number is the call-in number is 347-215-8041. Excellent. Now, family, the title of the article, and it's a five-part, five-part set, but don't get don't get scared, two to three pages. But it's like two to three hundred pages in terms of its importance. And they are titled, they are titled, that's all one title, The Egyptian Netters. The Egyptian Netters. Okay? The Egyptian Netter, part one through five. And you can find it at servantoflight.org, servantoftheLight.org. all one word, servantoftheLight, L-I-G-H-T, dot org, okay? Now, here's what they say here, and again, 
All of this is relevant to CERN being a uh, a ripoff, use that old term, committing science, or a synthetic version of the reality of ancient committing science, okay? Here's what they say here in the first article in Microcosm, because they point out that Herodotus, some say Herodotus, Herodotus regarded the Egyptians as the most scrupulously religious of mankind. And, as is well known, Egypt has no end of gods and goddesses. In this series of articles, we should take a look into not only the off-studied religion, but also the lesser-known esoteric foundation that lay behind the public face of faith in Pharaonic Egypt. Okay? And then they begin by pointing out that the Kemetan gods, Kemetan gods, were netters who have an esoteric meaning that to a universe separated into three worlds. Okay? Separated into three worlds. The Heaven, the earth, and the intermediate where divinity descends, which is between heaven and earth, or frequencies, frequencies as netters, okay? They go on to say this. They say the symbolisms are almost Kabbalah-like. I wonder why. That the concept of the universe can be stated as, quote, which is in heaven, on earth, and in the duat. They say this formula, uh, unquote, they say this formula provides a framework of three worlds, the celestial, the terrestrial, and the intermediate world between heaven and earth through which divine descendant or emanated casual powers manifest as netters. They're talking frequencies or arc angles. Okay? This is where I just where the stuff where we talked about at the very beginning of this in the cosmos talking about archangels. Now we begin to associate it with the netters, and our understanding should be much better. Okay, well now we can plug in realities of the symbolism. Okay, <clears throat> they go on here to say uh, in the terrestrial world or Earth. The netters manifest as nature. In addition, a mystery element was further understood by the Egyptian initiate. The netters were also within humanity. The netters were also within humanity. 
quote, the kingdom of heaven is within, unquote. A conscious awareness of this mystery could be achieved through an effective right, R-I-T-E. They say the three worlds can be uh, roughly parallel with the tree of life, which deals with the three supernals, S-U-P-E-R-N-A-L-S, that equals celestial or the or heaven, uh, or the heaven world, or Da'ach, or Da'ach, Da'ach, which is what Darth Vader represents. That's where the word, that's where Darth Vader comes from, Da'ach. This is the Hebrew version, okay? Or Da'ach, the Du'ach, the intermediate world. Or Malkuth. I'm sorry, the third part is Malkuth. The earth or the terrestrial world. And I say, man, Malkuth, hmm, what is that? I forgot some of my Egyptian, not some of my Egyptian, some of my Hebrew stuff. And I'll be the first to tell you, I forget some of these things sometimes because unlike some other people, I'm not afforded the luxury of staying on the same subject matter for two years. My subject matter changes every two weeks because my people expect that from me, okay? So uh, every two weeks I come with different stuff to add on to what we already have in terms of our understanding. So I had to go back and, and, and get a further understanding of Malkuth, okay? So let me read this last part again to to. To blend this together, because remember now, Malkuth, which is the terrestrial world or the earth, uh, which is being compared uh, in terms of the uh, tree of life uh, from the uh, Hebrew dogma, your world, the celestial world, and the duah, or the intermediate world, okay? So they got, they have the three supernals, uh, the da'ath and Malkuth. And that, uh, of course, they say this parallels the tree of life. So I went to look at what Malkuth meant. So I went to, as you might expect, Sister Bell family, the easiest reference for understanding, <laughs> which is Wikipedia. Okay? And I feel, family, like after all the stuff I read, I deserve a little Wikipedia here and there. <laughs> and I'm sure you would agree based on the stuff that we've just dealt with in the last two days, okay, which if you ain't ready for this stuff, we'll blow your mind. So this is like from all the hard stuff, okay, but don't just stay there. Go and find out what the rest of the, you know, uh, uh, definitive studies say about Malkuth, and you'll find it's pretty much the same. Here's what they say. Malkuth is the Shekinah, okay, or Shekinah, is the tenth of the Sephirah, in the Kabbalistic tree of life. It sits at the bottom of the tree below Yesah. Okay? This sephra has as a, as a symbol the bride, which relates to the sephra symbolized by the bridegroom. Now, we didn't get into the bridegroom. Okay, family? We didn't get into the bridegroom in the cosmos. But guess what? The bridegroom is associated 
with Pluto in the cosmos that's, that's being explored and getting ready to be introduced to the general public as we speak, and it's bride, Sharon, C-H-A-R-O-N. Google it, family. Google Pluto and Sharon. This is biblical <laughs> in terms of the ancient commanding sciences, okay? This is biblical because remember now, the pyramid text and the scrolls were biblical, was written and called the Bible based on the biblos, the pyramid text. But they go on here to say, it is an attribute of God which does not emanate from God, talking about Malkuth, it emanates from God's creation. And when that creation reflects and evinces God's glory from within itself, so it has the capacity to be God-like. Okay, family? Didn't they go on to point out the Hermetic and Christian uh, Kabbalah meaning of Malkuth? They said Malkuth means kingdom. It's associated with the realm of matter and, or earth and relates to the physical world, the planet, and the solar system. They say even though Malkuth is the emanator furthest from the divine source, it is still on the tree of life and therefore has its own unique spiritual qualities. I mean, it's the thing that's hanging down at the very bottom of the tree of life, family. Okay, for those who don't know, that's that round ball that's got that string hanging down. Okay, that's Malkuth. It's not of the tree of life, but it's of the tree of life. I am that I am. As the receiving sphere of all the other sephirah, tangible form to the other emanation. It's like the positive node on an electrical circuit. The divine energy comes down and finds its expression in this plane. And our purpose as human beings is to bring that energy back around the circuit again and back up the tree. They're talking the process of thought where the fluid uh, that manufacture the human being, which allows for uh, 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 the spark firm to meet edge, the A to meet I, intersect. The A and the I intersect. I'm not talking artificial intelligence. I'm talking about primordial matter, thought. The A, the first, and the I, which is closed up. The letter I. That's why in Greek, uh, uh, the Greek writing, it's the first letter. The I is number one. It's primordial. That's because the A and the I are one and the same. They represent the same thing. And so now you should be scratching your head about artificial intelligence, AI. Okay? Because they're getting ready to give you some synthetic human called AI that mimics the egg and the sperm. But it's coming at the lab. 
I have to laugh to keep from crying sometimes. Okay? I truly do, family. When you see this stuff and you see how this can aid your people and you being denied, no, I wouldn't say denied. Let's just say blocked from the opportunity to assist your people in stopping the killing all over this country and all over this planet through the manipulation of white people. I don't care what anybody says. The headline family from one of the articles sister sent me today, okay, you can go and find, get this article for yourself. Don't take my word for it because I mentioned this yesterday in the ignorance of so-called leaders sitting up on radio stations talking that yang and don't know what the hell they're talking about. And in California today, family, this article comes out. And sister, my little sister, my little spiritual sister, little bit, sent me this today. It's entitled City Council. This is in California. Votes to ban mind control weapon use against residents. Let me read that again. City Council votes to ban mind control weapon use against residents. Now, family, if it ain't real and they ain't using it, why the city council voting against the use of it on the residents? You can find that at truestreammedia.com. Truestreammedia.com. Okay? This is why you see the violence that's going on out here today, that we're in the middle of frequency wars, and you got these bathed in the blood so-called Christians, allegedly brothers, sitting up reading out the Bible and don't know what the hell they're reading, and going to try to tell you that you need to be bathed in some blood while the, the, the Christian church, the Catholic church, and the elites all over this damn planet are drinking the blood. Unbelievable. But I'm going to stop right there, family, because it just makes me angry. And I don't want to be angry. I want to be loving. <laughs> I'm not going to go any further. I'm surprised I okay. got this far because I'm going to be honest, sister. When I first uh, called in, I didn't know I was going to make it. I thought I might be able to do an hour. I know. Yeah, that's what I was going to interrupt you and say, well, maybe we need to do an hour. But then I started hearing your voice get stronger and stronger. Yes. Yes. So, family, I don't know how much time we got left, but anybody got any questions, uh, a minute, let's go with it. A minute. And give them your website before we go. I got a, I got okay. a call or two. Okay. Uh, you can contact me at M-C-C-R-A-Y-R. Nine five nine nine at yahoo dot com. Okay, and uh, we shall be back next uh, Monday and Tuesday also. Uh, but I have to check and make sure that the master here is feeling much much better. We're going to take uh, area code nine three six nine three three. Hello, area Ed. code nine. Yes, yes. Okay, yes, Eric. This is Eric L. and uh. I just want to thank Robert okay. X. Hey, yeah, I wanted to say that uh, just to uh, follow up what Robert X said, I'm I'm in California right now. <clears throat> I'm in California, and listen, the people out here are ratched up. 
Yeah. Hey, hey, this mind control thing he just said is real because I live in Texas. I live in the C-U-N-T-T-R-E-E, the country. So I'm always at ease. <laughs> but since I'm out here in California, in Los Angeles, it's a big difference. The people are ratched up. Mm-hmm. They're ready to pop. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that mind control thing is real, brother. They dropping it over here on the people, man. And they're making the the women, the men, women, and the women become men. Yeah. That's what I noticed. The women are no real problem. aggressive and the men are just passive. Yes. And anybody think that that's by accident are truly not paying attention to what's going on. That's why I read that article. It's deep, brother. Because we got, we got people here, brother who refuse to even entertain the role that technology plays in the behavior of people. When I tried to and have given the documentation for fakes are nothing more than intelligence apparatuses used to, to monitor, and God give them the documentation to show that these apps are extremely dangerous. And then they come out with the Terminator movie where the app Genesis is leading straight to Skynet, that's supposed to control everything and everybody. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't do any more than that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, you got a hey, brother. And, I'll, and one more thing, the synchronicity of the show. You asked Bev the first time how many minutes. She said 42. 42 is that, wow. that six farthings, that 10, protons, yeah. electrons, neutrons, 666. Six, six. Yeah. And then you asked again, it was 18, which is the 9. <laughs> yeah. Now watch this, my brother. When we dealt with Dogon, every number that I came out that I gave out this at that program came out to be the lottery, uh, uh, the million dollar. I don't know what they call that thing because I don't deal with it. But the, okay. every number that we dealt with that night came out in the lottery. Oh the, wow! The multi-million dollar that. thing. I missed that. And the brother sent me the information. I said, man, that's unbelievable. He said, Brother X, he said, man, I didn't believe it. He said, I went and I pulled down the numbers, okay? And every single number that I mentioned that night, and I know he probably listened out there now so he can confirm what I'm talking about, came out in the lottery for the multi, multi-million dollars. Yeah, you're talking about the, the, mega, the mega million, which was for 44 million, which is the number of the day, 44. Whoa. The eight. Whoa. The eight is the number of the day. Number eight. Yes. We in the eight year. Obama is the is the forty fourth president. His Thank birthday you, my is brother. August the fourth. Thank you, my brother. Thank yes, you. Sir. Oh, I need to. August is what month? Uh, August is the eighth month. Last time I checked, ain't it? That's right. Yeah, all day. All That's day. Yeah. Yeah. So anybody think? that the stuff that I'm talking about in terms of the ancestors, something specifically assisting in the guidance, I couldn't make this up. Can't make this stuff happen the way it happened. And, and watch this. The, the, the six and the nine is the cancer, which is the opposite is the Capricorn, which is the Baphomet. And listen to this. On 9-11, which is really 7-11 because the sept is a seven, that's yeah. nine, right? And New York yeah. is on the 144 parallel. That's another nine. They, in, in the classroom, Bush had the children reading the pet goat. Yes. Look it up. They were reading yes. the pet goat. So they know yes. something about this Dogon mythology. They know it and they use it. Brother, they're using ancient Kemetan sciences 
which is Dogon history as well, like nobody's business. And if nothing yes, else, that's why I'm showing everybody that church yeah. is nothing more than a replica, a synthetic replica of your history. Man. And now they're coming out with a movie called Zoo, which is nothing but the same, the, the, the Zodiac, <laughs> the Zoo Morph. <laughs> They drop it right in our face. <laughs> you know something, brother? See, that's why I like to take the calls, because I know I'm not the only one that's seeing this stuff. Oh, and it's yeah, just, man. I just love it, brother, when the brothers and the sisters call in with their own interpretation. That's why we, I, you know, I try to leave time for the people, because the people need to speak. It ain't just Robert X at all. No, you I'm dropped a grain of sand you, in man. this, man. And that, and that niece, that niece today, her name is yes. Jeanette. Net. Yes. And, and yes. Net inverted is the number 10. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. Which is the Absolutely. one in the zero, which is the computer. That is correct. The yeah, binary. Get away from it. My aunt, you can't get away from my aunt. No question about it, my brother. No yeah. question about it. Oh, I love it, brother. Thank you for everything. All right. Thank you, too, Beth. Okay, you, and uh, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a call. Call me too, okay? All right, I will. Okay. All right, thank you. Much, much love, love Robert. Much love to you, brother. Much love to you, my brother. Yes, sir. Okay, we have another call, Robert X. Uh, okay. Area code uh, area code two zero two seven three five. Yes, Hotep, can you hear me? Hotep, Hotep yes, yes. Yes, thank you, Beverly. Um, on Sunday, I had watched the remake of the movie um, The Day the Earth Stood Still. The remake yeah. was made in 2008. And when yeah. I was a child, I couldn't, uh, the, the first version of it was really boring, but the second version, now that I'm more knowledgeable, was dropping a more science than I could even grasp Robert X. I mean, it was just a lot of science in that movie. And, You're going to make um, me go I, back and look at it. <laughs> So that particular in that particular version they had the um the warrior um mechanical machine and right. it had a one you know, one seeing eye and it was three hundred feet tall and was completely coal black and all I kept thinking Uh-oh. was carbon. Carbon, carbon, yeah. carbon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh oh. But yeah. did you see the kind of power that it had? Yeah, it could break up like an atom. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I was wondering if you saw. I wonder if you have you seen that or um, you know, if you have anything to, to decode about that particular version of the. Well, here's of the deal. The of the mm-hmm. here's, here's the deal, Queen. A, a lot of times when you see things like angels and demons, I saw that movie a few years ago. But I didn't see it because I didn't have the knowledge base then that I have now. So I'm, I promise you, I'm going to back to watch that movie again. And uh, next Sunday, I'm also I, I watched part of Frankenstein. I went to sleep on it last night. I'm not sure if this is the one the brother was talking about. Whether, whether you've got multiple Frankenstein. It was the I, 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 I Frankenstein. I Frankenstein. Okay, because I watched a version. Well, you got multiple Frankensteins in the Civil War, and they tearing off people's arms and beating them with it. And <laughs> I don't think he was talking about that. 
Okay, well, I watched part of that one. I went to sleep on it last night, but I can assure you, Queen, I will watch within the next day or so the day the Earth still still because I like the one with Michael Rennie too. Okay, the, the original. Uh-huh. Uh, but I also like the one with Kendall Reeves. So I'm going to rewatch that again because my database is different than when I watched it before. And let's see what I see in it. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, you caller. Okay, Robert X, uh, I know that uh, you need to get you some rest. And uh, we thank you and we appreciate you. You're a true warrior. You wasn't feeling good, but you still came through. Uh, our ancestors went through much, uh, much deeper things than, you know, me being, you know, partially ill. And, you know, we just have to do that uh, because they gave it all up. Uh, I'm just ill. I recover from this. Uh, so okay. that's how I see it, Sister Bear. Well, we appreciate you, and until next uh, Monday and Tuesday, you stay well. Thank you, Sister Bear. Hotel, Hotel family. Thank you, Hotel. Peace and much love. And uh, join me tomorrow. I'll be back on with uh, with uh, Ron March, and I'll be back next Monday and Tuesday with Robert X, and we will continue the forum. Peace and much, much love. Okay. Roots music for the 21st century. Reality music. Wisdom and power, the Rastaman from the island of Jamaica to Hawaii internationally to the world. Reality, oh, oh. reality, na na. Reality, oh yeah. Reality, na 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 na. Reality, oh yeah. Reality, na na. Reality. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.